Tokyo this week has seen the second shortest rainy season ever and some of the hottest temperatures recorded in history. This has brought an unexpected effect, an energy power crunch. As everyone cranks up their air conditioning, the power grid has had to cater to unusually high demand. This is the week of July 1st, and welcome to The Week with Japan Forward. I am Ariel Buzetto. With this podcast, we bring to busy people this week's news from Japan in less than 10 minutes. The government asked individuals and companies to curb their energy where possible. For now, calls to the public seem to be working. But the real questions will be how to deal with the energy crunch going forward. Some proponents say that more investment needs to be made into stable energy sources, such as nuclear power and thermal energy. Currently, of the 33 nuclear power plants in Japan, only 10 have received security clearance, and a mere four are actually in operation. Meanwhile, an editorial in Sankin Shimbun shows reservations about Tokyo governor's new plan to make solar panels mandatory in newly built homes. The editorial reads, quote, Questions concerning who bears the cost of installation and recycling, among others, are entirely unresolved. Isn't this being handled too impetuously? If you want to know more, read the articles. Sweltering heat in Tokyo area puts pressure on energy grid. Editorial. Choose candidates who will address Japan's energy crisis and editorial. Tokyo governor should rethink solar panels plan on the Japan Forward website. July 1st marked the 25th anniversary of Hong Kong's handover from Britain to China. And to mark the day, President Xi Jinping visited Hong Kong. The propaganda department of the Chinese Communist Party has been ordered to present Xi Jinping's visit to Hong Kong as a glorious success, in which the great leader has been warmly welcomed by citizens waving red flags. Veteran journalist Duncan Bartlett followed an event in the British House of Commons in London and shows a slightly different picture. Hong Kong activist Finn Lau says that in reality, many people are disgusted and sickened by this kind of political showmanship. He later called on democratic countries to sanction China. Duncan also painted a worrying picture of the new leader, John Lee, a hardliner towards the pro-democracy movement. If you want to know more, read the article Hong Kong activists express disgust at Xi's visit to the city on the Japan Forward website. We also hosted a Twitter space with Chinese Communist Party expert Jeremy Sang, who said, quote, I think Hong Kong's story gave everyone in the world a hard lesson and made everyone see the true colors of the CCP. Find the podcast on our Twitter spaces or in the coming days on Spotify and Apple Podcast. We stay on the theme of Hong Kong and talk about a new film released in Japan. It's called Blue Island and it's directed by Chan Tsi Huan. The film came to life thanks to crowdfunding support in Japan and Hong Kong. The movie portrays three people and through their eyes shows the search for identity of people of Hong Kong. The protagonists each lived through different events that shook the world. The Cultural Revolution in the 60s and 70s, the Tiananmen Massacre in 1989, and the 2019 demonstrations. Reporter Sean Fernando caught up with the director, who explained 
quote, the film is about a generation that has contemplated Hong Kong and its people's identity, but has been disillusioned by its inability to shape the future of the city. I believe this disillusionment is the universal chain that holds us all together. I asked Sean what he thought made the film so impactful. The Blue Island was created by mixing up fictional and non-fictional footage. It is pretty common for a documentary to be in such a hybrid format, but director Chan Zi Ng has developed a unique way to tell the story of his country by making some of the current student activists to play roles in recreating important moments in the history of Hong Kong. He also draws compelling comparisons with Hong Kong's past, highlighting the ironic similarities to the present by instigating conversations across generations. Even though Blue Island mostly focuses on dark events, it also manages to show a grain of optimism when it is appropriate, urging Hong Kong to fight no matter what challenges it faces. If you want to know more, read Blue Island, film reveals Hong Kongers seeking their identity on our website. The film is set to release on July 16th in Japan. If you go around Tokyo, there are cute, small dogs everywhere. Toy Poodles, Minishiba, it's a cute kawaii dog cultural phenomenon. Audrey Duma investigated what is the process of buying a dog in Japan. She talked to pet owners, a rescue MPO, and asked several pet owners to conduct interviews. Yet the truth was far from kawaii. In a portion of her article, Audrey writes, popular cute and small dogs such as Chihuahua, Dachshund and Miniature Poodle have such unique characteristics that they can only be produced by selective breeding, which often occurs on puppy farms. When not practiced responsibly, this type of breeding can lead to health complications caused by inbreeding and lack of care for a large number of animals. There is a lot more that Audrey found out. If you want to know more, read the article Not So Kawaii, Purchasing a Puppy in Japan on our website. When most of us were shut in our houses during COVID, journalists were no different. Many media events were made online or cancelled altogether. But this month, Daniel Robson walks us through the joy of finally attending a game event in person in Los Angeles. I'm not gonna lose. Daniel told us a little bit about what was so special about these events. Hi everyone, this is Daniel Robson, chief editor of IGN Japan. The return to major in-person IRL events has been a long time coming, and for me and my team it was a busy but rewarding experience. Over the past couple of years of mostly online digital showcases, we have often been unable to go hands-on with upcoming games and deliver our impressions, so this alone was a hugely welcome thing. On top of that, to be able to talk to developers face-to-face about their games and to simply catch up with our friends and colleagues from the game industry and the media was so worthwhile. You've never seen so many cathartic hugs in one place. The pandemic is far from over, but these small events were an important step on the road to the new normal. If you want to know the details, read this month's column, Gamers World, New Products, Real People, In Person in LA. Find other columns by Daniel by typing Gamers World on the Japan Forward website. Monster Inoue. This is the boxing nickname of Naoya Inoue, the 29-year-old athlete who is taking Japan by a storm. 
You might remember him. Just last month, we talked about his two-round technical knockout. He floored his opponent, Nonito Donaire, in less than five minutes. Ladies and gentlemen, good evening and welcome. Nipondo Boxing Fando, Ninosama Konbanwa. This week, Inoue held a press conference to reflect on his career and successes. Talking about the match with Donaire, he described it as one of the best bouts of his career. Inoue delved also into his father's influence in his career and his motivations as an athlete. If you want to know more, read the article by Ed Odivan, The Monster of the Boxing Ring Looks Towards Future Challenges. Find more columns by Ed by searching Odds and Evens on the Japan Forward and on the specialized site Sportslick. Last up, Fuji Rock Festival 2022 is right around the corner. Taking place between July 29th and 31st, this year's Fuji Rock is the first since 2019 that will see international artists. In 2020, the festival was cancelled altogether, and in 2021, only Japanese musicians attended. Music writer Micah Go put together a list of eight bands to check out. They include J pop celebrity Yoasobi, metal band Bloodywood, and even Taiwanese group Elephant Gym. No matter your music taste, there is bound to be something for you. Check out the article to get into the festival mood at Fuji Rock Festival 2022, eight artists to look out for. In related news, I, Micah, and Daniel Robson are set to cover the event live from Naeba, Niigata. We are so excited to be able to finally cover an event live again. So make sure to stay tuned and check back for more content closer to the day. Thanks, you guys, for listening. You can get in touch on Twitter with me at Ariel Buzetto. That's all for this week. Catch you next time. <laughs>